Have you had your soup today? And the cold, crisp taste of Coke is so satisfying, it keeps me from eating something else that might really add those pounds. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are. Welcome to another episode of Sheologians. We're here today to put the her in covenanter her, which oh. we've probably done. I wouldn't I know. I don't have a master list. Um, <laughs> my name is Summer Jaeger. <laughs> is it? Um, I don't know. Yeah. I'm saying fake things today. <laughs> well, the master list is very convenient we never promised we would be compiling the master list so that we didn't ever do any repeats or with any intention to read it before every recording no i just i just wanted one not for a practical reason just for nostalgia's sake (laughs) right and you know she got a t-shirt out of it so no one has any regrets. No, no regrets. yeah. Everyone got what they wanted. Yes, true. <laughs> I'm here with my, well, I'm not here with my beautiful co-host, Joy. You know, people have noted. <laughs> okay. Oh. oh, man. Wow. Huh. Okay. It's a little, I right? You just stumbled across a, a little, another little moment. I was not, ex- I was not expecting to... <laughs> to uh feel that way about that statement someone i think i shared with you someone commented on the fact that now now that we're not in person we apologize for cutting each other off and that that was actually um what's the word she used it was uh distracting for her that (laughs) we now we now apologize to each other for cutting each other off which you do on the phone and of course you know which essentially we are so I didn't think it was weird but I guess what I'm saying is I I am sorry for being sorry and I'm going to do my best to stop being sorry yeah I think we'll just I think we'll start to get used to it a little bit um (laughs) I do think the way that we're recording it it doesn't, the reason it might be distracting is because we're recording like our own. So I record my audio and Summer records hers. And so I don't think, so while we're hearing like a slight delay, they don't. I don't think that's coming across. So we, yeah. we'll just have to get used to basically just, you know, we'll get used to it. I recommit but. to my rudeness just for you all. <laughs> Bring in back the yeah. rude because apparently that's what you guys are used to. (laughs) I think, I think um, what they're used to is a type of friend telepathy that just exists in certain relationships, which is that you just like already know what people are going to say. Right. And so you're just, it's not interrupting. You know how everyone's like, oh, it's crazy. We finish each other's sentences. Uh-huh. And it's like that's actually what we're doing. It right. might come across as interrupting, 
but we're actually we're finishing no. each other's sentences. Yes. <laughs> yes. So I'm not sorry is just the moral <laughs> of the story. Um, you had something um, to tell me. What is it? I'm oh, excited. Yeah. yeah, I'm Julie and I'm here with my beautiful Zozo Summer, which I don't think I've said that it's been a while. For a little while. Yeah. You know, That's sometimes okay. we we sway slightly from the the program. We make our rules. Um so okay, so we definitely so we've both moved into new homes recently and we forgot to I mean, clearly, we forgot to have one of the most important conversations oh. two women can have yes. about their new homes, Okay, which is the temperature of the water <laughs> for doing dishes. Yes, it's very how different. Hot, how hot is your hot? It depends on where you're at in the house. Oh, interesting. And I actually have, so it depends on where you're at. And we're actually having a really big problem right now, which is that our water bill, I hope don't drink your water while I say this. Um, our water bill is on track to be $600 this month because something is going on the water meter it's saying our water meter believes that we're using 2,100 gallons of water a day which obviously we're not <laughs> using 2,100 gallons of water a day um so all that to say, there's been a lot of, and that there's been water drama since we moved in. Yeah, um, that's drama. Irrigation. We couldn't get any hot, we couldn't get any hot water in our shower, like none. Like we have a really nice shower, hot water would not come out of it. So, so both of us took about two or three cold showers before we gave up and contacted the owner. And then for a month, no one came. And then someone comes and immediately hot water comes out. Like immediately. So that was weird. Um, I could keep going, but the moral of the story is, you know, pray, pray that something is going on and we do not have a $600 water bill this month because there's no way, there's no, no. way we're using over 2000 gallons of water a day. That's not happening, but I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen, but all that to say, in some parts of the house, hot water is immediate. And in some parts of the house, it takes forever or it takes a month or it takes a plumber to show up and just turn it on. <laughs> yeah, my my bill is like well under $200. And I, I seriously go outside and water a garden every day. <laughs> Something is wrong. So that's just insane. Something Man. is wrong. It's so it's almost like it's like someone else has tapped into your water and it's something is yeah like paying for your neighbors or something. Yeah. Something is very, very wrong here. Is there a nearby farm that is like No doing right? really well? It's, I know it seems like it. It's like unnaturally green. Cows just flock to it for no reason the at car all. Car wash or something, like yeah. it's this car wash that's just Seriously. like <laughs> it's really bad it's really bad 
yeah, that's just astronomical. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, man. Wow. Well, so my water, I'm so, I mean, I feel like this is kind of bragging now to talk about this. Like I'll how rude it. could I'll I be? <laughs> but my hot water gets so hot, like too hot. Which <laughs> which is so it's I mean, you know, great for a nice hot shower. Georgia doesn't really ever Georgia has no motivation to go like turn the water on and have no. it be hot anyway. Right. So there's really no danger. But I um I had this thought that we needed to talk about this on Geologies the other night when I had, we had had some people over and I had made um, a crisp with like peaches and strawberries and blueberries. And, mm. and it had started kind of like overflowing in the oven. So I had slid up my cookie sheet under it just to catch the drippings. And so, you know, like sticky molten fruit was what was on my right cookie sheet and I seriously just like picked it up and like turned the water on as hot as it'll go and it just melted away and I it's just it's like I I I don't know everyone knows I'm not even gonna explain it because everyone here who's ever washed a dish with just like like almost untouchably hot water Right. knows that the reason you would turn it on that hot is just because it like does 75% of the work for you. Yes. It just takes it away. <laughs> water is so powerful, especially hot water. It just so makes me think about it. all the people carried away in the flood. Was it molten hot water? Ah, <laughs> we're not aware. Know. It doesn't say. I'm not aware. Of or the was it like a Titanic situation? Oh, Ooh, which would be worse? Probably the hot one. The hot one would be worse. Yeah. Well, I feel like if it was molten hot, at least you'd just go quickly. There would be yeah. no like, is there room for him to get on the door? It would just be like, ah! <laughs> <laughs> and that's it. <laughs> I think I told you one time my husband and I were sitting at like the top of a cliff overlooking the ocean and it was like this beautiful moment and the moon was shining and we were like pretty much alone overlooking the water. And he was like, would you rather die by drowning or burning? And then we had a whole, he like was able yeah. to change my mind. So I don't know. I, I part of me thinks like at least like dying of like the freezing cold water, it would be like slow and quiet. So that might be preferable. Yeah. And at some point you would kind of just stop feeling it. I mean, I, we know anyway. so much about di- the different ways to die in the water, apparently. So we'll have, we can, we have an episode idea coming up where this is a better conversation. <laughs> when we are podcasting at the bottom of the ocean, we can answer this question once oh, and for all. Yeah. I think though, I think we had, we definitely had this conversation where whatever, whatever version is going to leave me floating in a vast black ocean for the smallest amount of time yeah that's probably the one that's I the one I'm going with <laughs> that is for sure the one I'm going with just FYI yeah should we tell them about our book club pick 
because this is coming out yeah. on Monday. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. 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 So we, in the business of overthinking, I have been CEO on this topic. <laughs> and then <laughs> thankfully, Joy came in as the COO and was like, no, this is great. Stop overthinking it. Let's do it. Um, it's, it's fine. It's great. So we've been doing a lot of, you know, Christian living, apologetic, biography. It's all been kind of in that realm. And we're going to keep doing that. We're obviously going to do Rosaria's next book uh, after it comes out, but that's not until September. Uh, but um, I said to Joy, what if we did like an, a fiction book? And she was like, ooh, that's interesting. And then I said, what if we did Out of the Silent Planet by C.S. Lewis? And I was like, just think about it. And she was like, I thought about it. And immediately I thought about it. And the answer is yes. yes. Let's do it. Stop thinking about it. Let's do it. So we are going to do our first piece of fiction in the group. And it's the first book in C.S. Lewis's space trilogy. It's called Out of the Silent Planet. It has been something I have been meaning to finish reading for forever. So I've only read almost all of it, really. Skimmed almost all of it. <laughs> okay. Um, I enjoyed it. It was just a time thing. And then I was just being stubborn about it. So, but I liked it. Like, I liked what I remember. I like what I can remember. It's a good book. It's yeah. C.S. Lewis. Yeah. Um, so there's going to be some medieval cosmology. I don't know how it's going to go. I already wish our book clubbers, I could see their responses. Yeah, um, I do. I think it's perfect because we've been wanting some fiction for a second. And that recommendation has been made many times, but we didn't quite know how we'd tackle that. But I think it's perfect because even if for some reason we just like did not have a thing to talk about, which <laughs> you guys know better than that. Hopefully. Um, I think uh, I'm like, I could easily read a chapter. And the great thing about C.S. Lewis is that so many people have written so many things and thought so many thoughts about what, the, what he's written. Yes. So I'm like, I could def if I was just totally drawing a blank, I could go read what someone else had said and be like, oh, okay, here's what this person said. So, because that was our thing with fiction is like, if there's no, I don't know, just generating a conversation with just two people and a bunch of other people in the chat, we still wanted to be fun. We didn't want it to right. just be like, I really liked the descriptive words, <laughs> green. <laughs> Yeah, that was cool. <laughs> yes, we don't want it to be boring. Yeah, so, so if, you should. If you've been waiting for us to do fiction, we're now, doing it now. Now's your moment. Come and get it's, it. It's also short, so I feel like it's not a terribly large commitment. It's not going to be a, a massive time commitment, and I just think it'll be good. So, if you've been on the fence about joining book club you can do that. We're going to start that book in two or three weeks. I should have had a date ready. Let's see. Um, We're going to finish up prayer changes things 
on July 12th and then we'll start August 2nd. That'll be two weeks later. Um, so August 2nd, patreon.com slash sheologians. That's where you can join book club. That's where you can support the show. You can also leave us a voicemail at 470-465-0475. Um, so many people, including you, are sending me pictures of all things snodgrass. I had no idea that <laughs> so many things in the US of A, so many people are named snodgrass. Yeah. Um, so those stories are just hilarious and fun and thanks for sending those in okay um do we have anything else for them before we get started no i don't think so okay so this this is a topic that i feel strongly about and i can already tell that at some point we're gonna have to revisit it or expand um but today we're going to talk about consent versus covenant. Um, for me, at least, which is better, <laughs> I think is a great <laughs> worthwhile question Okay, to yeah. cover. Um, but why are we talking about this? So uh, when Sheologians first started, like right before we started, uh, it was during the 2016 presidential elections. And consent was a huge topic because Me Too had just happened. And I don't know, I think everyone hopefully who's listening to this is aware that the entire world changed in 2016. Um, if you can't see the difference between 2010 and 2020 and trace it back to 2016, Maybe you just haven't been paying attention, but Trump's election, the Me Too movement, of course, the Rona, all of these things have had just, and, and even, you know, I can even see uh, there's a huge shift in a lot of people who I was friends with in 2016. I'm no longer friends with a lot of people who were major evangelical voices have deconstructed and 20, every single, almost every single one of them will trace everything back to something that happened between 2016 and 2018. Um, think about the gospel coalition, which back in 2012, you would have been like, Oh, solid, you know, solid. It's yeah. Bodhi. It's, it's all these people. Yeah. The, look at it now, right? So much has changed. But I remember consent coming up as a topic in 2016, and most people talk about it in terms of um, what you consent to being done to your body. And I have always wanted to speak out against consent being the only litmus test for whether or not you should do something with your body or allow something to be done to your body. Um, because consent is a private individual choice. And ultimately, your choices that you make should not be dependent upon how you feel, but upon a better standard. And the better standard, I would argue, for would be a covenant. And 
I'm starting to think more and more that covenant is the way that we should view the world. Uh, and that that is a very major difference between a secular mindset and a Christian mindset is that you view everything through covenant covenants tend to be now you can, you know, you think about the marriage covenant, right? It's between you, another person and God, God is involved in covenants. God is a covenant making God. He uh, has unfolded history throughout covenants. And I'm not intending to go through and make a covenantal, I'm not intending to go through covenant theology today, um, but I am setting it up as a better way to make choices and to view the world. Yeah. Um, okay. Before we go any further... I'm trying to think of what questions someone might have okay about what you just said okay um so okay let's just start here could you give an example that sort of contrasts consent versus covenant like you already kind of used mm -hmm. well I guess uh, typically it's used in Consent nowadays is used in terms of either, I guess, mostly medical freedom or like sexual ethic. But you can, I don't know, if something comes to mind, just mm -hmm. take I us on the journey. Come to mind. I think, uh, I think a covenant is a protection and consent leaves you wide open to uh, potential damage. So even think about it this way. This one's a kind of just a real world duh moment. If you're going to rent a house from someone, you are going to be much safer if you enter into a contract where there is a written agreement that both parties sign and agree to damages owed if they break this agreement, right? This written agreement. <laughs> Um, but if you just walk up to your friend and you're like, Hey, you know, can I live in your house for 1500 a month? And, you know, and you guys are just going to be consenting adults. It's just this private agreement between two adults. You're open to a lot of pain later, right? Yeah. You're opening out, you're opening yourself up to a lot of possible problems, including losing the friendship. Um, your friend wanting to kick you out. There's no contractual obligation, that paperwork, uh, which is a form of a covenant, a kind of a covenant, it's, it's a thing that two parties agree on and they're signing their name to and they're saying, yes, if I break this, I agree to these damages owed. Um, that's going to be a lot safer for you than just kind of this like wink and a handshake, right? Yeah. Um, and then think about, you brought up the word medical. So medical consent is, of course, important. Your doctor ought not uh, do whatever they want. And being informed before a procedure is done on you is a great idea. Um, so, of course, there are ways in which 
I'm not anti-consent. I'm just saying that a covenant is a better standard. And in some ways, it should be the only standard. So if we're talking about sexual immorality, um, a covenant, uh, sex is something that should be covenantal. It should not, this, the world standard is, it's just between whatever two consenting adults want to do is fine, but that's not a great standard. Um, The standard that God set was no, sex happens with inside this kind of covenant, a marriage covenant, which is between a man and a woman. Sex is not just for two people that feel like having it. Um. And so when you remove the covenant, you remove the protection, right? Uh, I mean, even the world knows that unprotected sex is a bad idea. (laughs) Um, But the only real kind of protected sex is married sex. It's covenantal sex. And um, of course, this is where bad faith actors who would agree with a covenantal view, there are absolutely people who say, and I, I agree that that when you get married, you're consenting to marital sex. And is there some nuance there? No, not really. Um, I know there are bad actors who will say, you know, there's there's a weird conversation happening right now that, oh, well, you know, you know, if you're if you're married, you've consented to sex. That's true. Some people take this uh, into abusive. Uh, swing really hard out of what I would say is not even biblical to say, well, if sex is based on covenant, then there's no such thing as uh, marital rape, which of course is just so stupid. It's it's a shame to even have to address yeah. it. It's well, a shame. That would, that would violate the covenant. Right. So again, here we have because the covenant is in place, we have this ability to actually measure when it's violated. (laughs) Right. Right. So I do want to, I'm just adding that clause to say, I know some people want to have that conversation. I think it's a shame. I think it's a shame to have to have it. And so it's just kind of my little, uh, in parentheses, I, I, I still, I still agree that when you marry someone, you are agreeing <laughs> that part part of yeah. marriage is the sexual relationship. So in that way, yeah. you are agreeing and you are, but I would say you're not consenting to sex, you're covenanting to this part of marriage. Um, and marriage is a protection for women. It's like, you want to have sex with this woman? Well, the first thing you have to do is pledge the rest of your life and all of your worldly goods and to the care and maintenance of any offspring that might arise, you know, until yeah. you die. Is yep. there any better protection for a woman than that? Um, I mean, talk about protecting women. A consent? <laughs> How foolish. Um, if you want to not protect women, then make it about consent. But the world doesn't view it that way. The world believes that a woman should be able to sleep with as many people as she wants and there be no consequences. And look at how that hasn't worked out. If you want sex to be safe for women, it has to be based on covenant first. 
And yeah, of course, was, sorry, oh, go ahead. sorry, go ahead. No, oh no, we did it. No, just talk. Oh no. Mm -mm. Everybody pause and erase that from your brain. We're going to get used to it. I promise we'll get used to it. <laughs> okay. Hopefully that didn't uh, derail me too much, but I think just even like, I think, I think if you know what you're looking for, you can watch the world have this conversation about consent and you can see, like, it's plainly obvious that there is need of protection here. Mm -hmm. Like we have had these, if you listen to anything, so like, like preparing for this episode, you know, I had my thoughts, I came to it with my thoughts and then I was just like, okay, I'm just to organize myself and get, make myself think about this. I'm going to just listen to like some Ted talks and they're in abundance. Like what is the premier information that we have on this topic? And it's so complicated. It's so unstable. Um, mm. that, I mean, you just have, you have lecture after lecture after lecture of people explaining that like consent is not just a question and an answer. Um, and it's not like, it's this whole complicated thing. And, and a part of what we've done to really complicate it, it's not that it's like the most simple thing ever and two people connecting emotionally and physically is always super simple. It's just that um, you have this, because of, because the, um, the, the standard is just your feelings and what mm. you think might feel good. It means that it is a constantly changing, sometimes even second by second changing. Yeah. Um, and so you're talking about, you're talking about the, um, you're talking about people um, it, like, I, I don't, I don't even understand they're even so the even the advice that's being given on this topic is so it's basically just like well you just need to make sure you're having a constantly continuing conversation about whether or not everyone is okay with this and it's like that's not that's not how it's meant to be like there is that's meant not to be, peaceful like, that sounds exhausting no, no there's no I'm sorry like an you know, this is kind of one of those topics, we don't get too much into this, just, we don't feel it's appropriate, but, like, to get too deep into, like, you know, that re relations between a man and a woman, you can talk to your elders about that, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> yeah. Someone you know, preferably. <laughs> Who's a Christian. Um, but, like, there's no, there's no romance in that, there's no no, it's so it's no such a joke it's laughable it. right and even then we've we've flipped it to even kind of just like you'll hear a lot you hear the same buzzwords when you listen to a few things you'll hear the same buzzwords the big ones are uh, it's not a question and an answer um and then that we have we have this idea that like men are only interested in asking the question to get an answer. And sometimes that means they ask the question over and over again until the person feels like they have to say yes. There's this whole breakdown of like, here's what's happening when this is happening and here's what's happening. And it relates to 
there are people that are feeling shame over the issue of consent to the point that it comes down to kissing. I kid you not. Being kissed without consent. Someone saying, can I kiss you? And you saying no, and then them kissing you anyway, and that feeling like a violation. And there's a huge point here that I'm trying to make, which is that that part of you, the sexual part of you, especially, oh man, maybe some of you won't like this, but especially as a woman, your purity really, there is a reason that it feels violating for a man to just come take even the kiss that you said, no, like I didn't, that there's a reason why you feel unprotected in that moment. And that's because the way that God made you, you were designed in instances of sexuality and intimacy to have protections over you. And this is, this is such that there are, there are psychotherapists out there that are seeing, there are people that are seeing trauma counselors over an unwanted kiss. And this is how much protection this area is requiring. Um, and we're just coming at it with like, well, it just has to be this, this conversation. If you were to listen to anything, my main impression of everything that I listened to was just like, you're trying to come up with this as you go, trying to do the best you can. And you don't really have any real advice other than don't, if someone says no, you have to stop. And if someone says yes, you can go. You can do whatever you um, want. Right. And it's just, and it, and that is just, um, it, you know, maybe there's some simplicity in that that feels nice, but that's no real standard at all. Um especially which we've seen especially when it comes to sexual ethics like people people change their minds of what they want they change their mind if they're of which part of the partnership they are well and how about how about the fact that there are people that consent there are children consenting to taking hormones that are sterilizing them and making them appear more masculine or feminine when they're not supposed to be. How about there are people who have consented to having their breasts removed and have regretted it later. Consent is not the ultimate, but I think that's, that's the conversation. They, they, that's, that's their preference that they would consent to is to actually be physically abused by their partner as a part of the whole thing. Right. So, and I think that's the crux of the matter, consent versus covenant for me, is that you can consent to all kinds of things that you feel good about in the moment. But when your standard is covenant, the question is, who am I before God? What is my duty? What is my duty in this relationship? What is my duty to God? What is my duty to this other person? What is my duty to myself? Um, So there's a higher authority that is the standard for what is right or wrong in this moment. And that is what we ought to really care about. Whereas consent culture, consent culture says, you know, why can't a 16 year old boy mutilate himself so that he can feel more like a girl as long as he consents to it right um, and yeah. that is not appropriate right um this actually goes great the two 
basically the the other buzzword I heard repeated in these conversations about consent were capacity and freedom. And like those are the standards by which the world measures whether or not you are capable of giving consent. So what is your capacity to give? And are you free to give it? And who, well, who um, gets to determine that? Right. And, <laughs> and, and here's the thing. So first of all, that's very arbitrary. But we know something about the capacity and freedom of sinners. And we know something about the capacity and freedom of believers. We know how free we are as human beings. I mean, how free are we when we're in bondage to our sin? Not yeah. free. <laughs> I mean, not and free. so that's the thing too is even like there's the standard just acknowledges it's like well none of you are free none of you are if you're if you're enslaved to perversion you're not free to make good healthy sexual decisions you're not and you don't have the capacity to make them you are blind you're a blind person trying to make decisions uh, you you're a little child trying to make decisions about things that you just you have no ability to make them and and so it really just uh, I mean that's not what they mean when they use the word capacity and freedom but that's what we know we right. know all about capacity and freedom as believers right and two I think another interesting thing is and maybe this is maybe this is part of the topic that would be for another day but there are covenants that you're in that you didn't choose to be in. Mm. So um, if you're a child born into a family, you are in a covenantal structure that you yeah. did not ask to be in. Um, if you're a child of wrath or you're a child of grace, you're in one of those covenants and you didn't ask to be in either of them. Um, so a lot of times I, you know, I did not consent to be born <laughs> and, um, thankfully the Lord changed my heart, uh, when he brought me into the new covenant, but even that was a grace that I, in my sinful state would not have consented to. Right. Yes. Um, I love God because he loved me first and I didn't consent to that. <laughs> I'm so thankful for it. Um, but I give him all of the credit for me even wanting him, um, because yeah. otherwise I wouldn't. So again, I think one of the things we prefer about consent is that we are, we are the boss of it. It is our, yeah. it puts us in charge. Whereas yeah. in a covenantal view, it's all of God. It's all, mm -hmm. it's all before God. The standard is what he has said. and all covenants come with blessing or curses. You keep the covenant, there's blessing, covenant is broken, there's curses. Again, that is a really big, interesting conversation. Um, if you are a child of divorce, you already know the curses that come with the breaking of that covenant. Um, you've experienced it. And uh, yeah, I just think, far more Christians need to view 
the world and especially discussions around gender and all of that are in a, a through a covenantal lens and through a standard that God would have them view these things through. And I do think the consent conversation gets us all tied up in pretzels and knots because it ultimately does not hold God as the standard, as the arbiter of the standard. It puts the person, it puts humans in that seat where we ought not be. And that's why it's so arbitrary and confusing and can change and leads to sin and problems and brokenness and curses and all kinds of things. And yeah. Yeah. I mean, so often at the end of all that, (laughs) our statement is like, the only thing we're left saying is like, I was making the decision I thought was best. Mm. And that's like, that's just such a common human experience. Mm-hmm. Like there's even moments where you think like faithfully you're making the right decision. And even looking back, it's like, was I even capable of making a different decision when I was at that point in my life? Probably not. Like, but that's the point is that it's all so, um, so often we think we're even making the consenting to the best things. And then we find out we weren't at all. Right. Um, we're just never a good standard. But, you know, too, I also just think, um, I think a lot of it, I was thinking a lot about just um, like Rousseau, social contract theory, mm. all that stuff. And that's ultimately in our culture, the philosophy that birthed this whole conversation on consent, which is that, um, you know, in order to be, in order to express my ultimate human form, is that I should be able to make decisions and choose my life and choose my destiny and say yes and say no. Um, And in many ways, we have many choices. (laughs) That's totally true. But social contract theory is not, you just have many choices. Isn't that true? (laughs) That's not what it is. The whole deep um, ideology that it, I mean, it, even explaining it to you would end in you saying, well, that really makes no sense at all. Uh, Ultimately for reasons that you already brought up summer, which is like, you know, we didn't, there are things you just undeniably don't choose. You don't choose if if someone uh, crashes into your car, you don't choose to be born. You don't choose what family you're born into. You don't choose how rich the family you're born into is. Like you just, you just don't get to choose everything. That's just not how, that's just right. not how the world works. But um but but yeah, social contract theory basically states that that's all you are is a series of choices. Um that what shapes you as a human being and who you are is the choices that you have made. Um and then it has a weird it has a weird uh I would venture to say doctrine even regarding the freedom of your choices um, and not being free and and society keeping you from being free uh, which again these are just the more you learn if you if you were looking to do a little side uh, a little uh, side quest this week <laughs> just look up something about social contract theory or or so because um, it really just it that's where it it, this, a lot of this is coming from. It right. wasn't just that someone decided one day that it would be a good standard 
to view everything off of is whether or not you say yes or no. Right. Um, these are deep ideological, philosophical answers to questions that we have come up with just because we hate God and we don't want to acknowledge him as Lord. And we need to, we need to find another way because we don't, we, we don't want to um, listen to him. We reject and suppress the truth. Um, but yeah, so this is, this is a, this conversation, like, in a, it just makes sense that everything like it, that our culture would reduce everything down to consent. Like right. I am 100% the standard for what's right for me. Um, you don't get to say anything. It's changing moment by moment. It's completely arbitrary. It's totally based off of me. I create my own life and my own person based off of the choices I make. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, it's ultimately hollow and empty and you are, you're lacking the protections of the covenant um you know we're not pragmatists around here but the covenant's not pragmatic too i guess maybe that's important no it's not that's not why god created covenants it wasn't just like oh this will be so good for everyone to have the covenant of of christ where they're purchased and if they obey you know like that's not why that's not why he did it right Um, it's a rather shallow way of considering the covenant because a covenant and it that's I guess that's kind of the point of us putting them head to head against one another is that consent is shallow and leaving room for error lots of error um and covenant is uh a, a stronger objective agreed upon like signed literally it's not signing your name to something. And that maybe that's something we just don't get nowadays because we don't think of signing our name to something as much different than consenting to it. But that's just not, that's, that's not typically historically how like a covenant covenant, covenant is an oath bound arrangement that has blessings or curses depending on if you respect the covenant or not. (laughs) Yeah. Right. And, you know, there's so much that there's so many, I think, I think the response to this episode will probably determine which direction we can discuss it further because it's such a big topic, but really what I want, what I want everybody to leave with is a greater appreciation for God as the standard of our choosing how to live and who we seek to glorify. And I think ultimately, and when you're in covenant, the question is, how do I glorify God in this responsibility? And the question with consent is, how do I glorify myself? What do I feel like doing? And ultimately you need to choose to worship God and honor him. And he has, he has been very clear in how to do that in all of the ways that you're in a covenant. So if you're in a family, your position in that family it's clear what your duties and objectives are. And God is so gracious in that. And I think so much brokenness comes from our casual dismissal of covenants. Look at all of the people so harmed by divorce and how little we take it. And it's not little. And the breaking of a covenant is violence. And we view it as nothing. We treat it as though 
a stupid contract was broken and everybody will get over it. Well, I don't think anybody's getting over it. Um, that's not what we're seeing. <laughs> Please just look around and use your eyeballs. Just if, look around. If you but again, yeah, that's I a like other that, uh, discussion. Yeah, I like that it kind of brings to mind. It's funny that you mentioned the violence thing because that's um, that's from No Mere Mortals by Toby Sumter. And I was also thinking about um, I was thinking about how like you were talking about like the roles in the household. You have them whether you agreed to them or not. It doesn't mean so like if you never agree to be a good godly wife, it doesn't mean you're not covenanted to do so. It just means you're doing it bad. It doesn't get erased. Like it doesn't, the role isn't erased from your resume. It just means like you're you're failing at it. (laughs) Yes. But we, that's not how we think of it. We think of it as like, well, I never really, I never agreed to do that. And maybe that, I mean, in the topic of marriage, maybe we are, maybe we enter into marriage not understanding what it really is. That's a huge part of it, I think, even, but also just not not even understanding what a covenant is. Uh, we just, uh, we, yeah, we're just going to keep talking about, we're going to bring this topic up from time to time just because it's helpful reframing and maybe not even reframing. Maybe it's just right. learning things we didn't even ever think about before. Right. <laughs> okay, I have a funny question for you. Oh, okay. What's the most awkward thing you've ever said to a visitor at church? Man, if only you had asked me this question uh, like 10 minutes before I fall asleep at night. <laughs> okay. So that's what everyone thinks about this, right? I, you go, do you have an answer? Yeah. Okay. Got, you go. I had the I'll, chance to think about it, but. Um, I met someone who was visiting Apologia and it's always so, it can be very, um, it puts me on my back foot sometimes when I meet somebody who has listened to me talk for the last seven years. So they, they feel like they know me because they have listened to me talk for seven years, but I don't know them. So I'm already on unequal ground because they know me a lot better than I know them. Yeah. Um, and so basically I felt really awkward and I told her welcome, basic, this was, this happened in about five minutes, but where it ended was like, welcome to Apologia. Um, isn't it so nice how, uh, God was so merciful in giving us the death penalty. <laughs> what? I'm sorry. Okay, enjoy the service. Okay, so nice to meet you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh. I mean, oh no. Oh no. So anyway, <laughs> I'm sure she's listening and I just I'm so sorry that I did that. So Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, no, now that you say that, I'm certain I've done that before. <laughs> but I think, I think maybe sometimes when someone says they've listened to sheologians, it like maybe checks more boxes than it should. Maybe that's what's happening is like, 
you sense like, oh, this is a, if they're listening to me talk for that long, like surely I can talk about anything. Yeah. And so then you launch into this topic and it's just like, <laughs> then all of a sudden they realize they're like, wait, this is the first time I've met you. Like, why are you talking to me about this? Why are you being so weird? <laughs> so, um, so mine no. wasn't a, I, oh. I alluded to, oh, I talked about this on the show. Did you? No. Okay. I can't talk about this. It's going to make people feel weird. Am I doing it now? Is this going to be? <laughs> You're doing the most awkward thing you've ever done right this second. I'm doing it now by talking about it, but this is the one. So I think I had mentioned that like I was talking to someone at ReformCon and I just got uncomfortable and I just, I just think this person's so cool that I would just like, said something that I like don't even agree with necessarily that's great and yeah no my I guess I it's not technically it doesn't meet your question but yeah we had been talking about just like children and sometimes I feel sometimes I feel weird like talking about because like you know we have Georgia I had we have Georgia I've had one other pregnancy and I miscarried and we want more, but like, it just, we're working, we're figuring it out, you know? Um, but, uh, but so sometimes I like over, I way overthink this topic because oh, yeah. I feel awkward. Like you're not wanting to give people unnecessary like bedroom details, but you also are trying to say, oh yes, we want as many as God will give us. Um, but then also it's an awkward conversation because at some point you have to you like you're bringing up the, t- the fact that you had a miscarriage and then it's like why are you talking about a miscarriage you're just having fun here like yeah. but you're not bringing it up yeah to, yeah you're not bringing it up to like cry about it no but <laughs> and then it's just there and then I was just and then I got so I was feeling that feeling everything that I just described and then I was like, okay, what do I say next? There's nothing to say next. Like, how do I fill this awkward space? And then I like launched into this thing about how like, you know, like, but God made us our bodies this certain way and this blah, blah, blah. And like some things that I kind of think are true, but then I'm like, he didn't design us this way because he didn't, des- like when he made people, there was no death. And, and so it was just like, I just ended up saying this thing but it might have not even actually been that weird but but in hindsight you feel like it was weird <laughs> right yeah in my mind I was just like stop go stop go fill the silence talk about this don't talk about that like <laughs> and so now and again you know it's especially bad when you are talking to someone that you would you would like them to think you would yeah. best case scenario they remember your conversation and they go what an articulate <laughs> girl. This is part of this. I think part of part of hospitality, something for everybody to put in their tool belt is we've all been there. So when someone is just says the weirdest thing, you just you just love them anyway. Yeah. This is this is conversation, yeah. hospitality, just just love them. Just, you know, you've been there. You've said the weird thing and, you know, don't make it worse because they're already going to be replaying this at 10 o'clock at night in their head. Yeah. I think, 
I think that's the best, a really good piece of advice. It wasn't given this explicitly, but it was something that Nancy Wilson kind of said one time when she was on our show, which was just like, sometimes people say stupid things. Yeah. And a lot, like, it's like a lot of times they know it was stupid. Yeah. And just (laughs) don't, don't hold it forever. Don't like write a big sappy Instagram post about it three years later. One time at church, this lady, you don't do that. Don't write the Instagram post. Yeah. You don't need to be wounded by it eternally. You don't need to like file it away and add some ungracious assumption to its meaning. Like we all say, we all say stupid things. (laughs) We all have said, have had stupid things said to us. Yeah. Um, That's just a part of being in a body. If you haven't yeah. had that, you need to find yourself a body to, to be a part Yeah, of. if you haven't had that, you probably haven't been talking to people long enough. So right. all yep. this, that to say, you can call me and leave a stupid voicemail at 470-465-0475. I won't hold it against you. Join book club. Uh, our next round starts August 2nd. We're reading Out of the Silent Planet by C.S. Lewis. It's going to be a great time. So get your copy if you don't have one. We do that at patreon.com slash sheologians. And that's it. We'll see you guys. Yeah, I'm going to be really interested in, in, as to like what copies oh, yeah. people get. Because they have... That's right. Old, we're talking about an old science fiction series that's right. here. Really that's clear. right. So like there are some cool covers. Cool stuff out there. Yep. Cool box sets. Yep. And so you know, a part of it will be showing off which copy you have. Yeah. Just... <laughs> If you buy the $6,000 copy, um, you're for sure going on our submersible when we podcast from the bottom of the ocean. So. Yes, agreed. Agreed. <laughs> See you next week. See ya. Shout